0: Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoy today's episode.
2: Welcome back to Half Street High Heat. Uh, If you're wondering who the unfamiliar voice is, this is Monty filling in for Nick and or Amanda. Dealer's Choice, whichever one you want me to pretend I am, go ahead and do that. I'm joined by my handsome buddy, Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing?
0: I just want to point out the absolute fantastic journey that you have gone on. If you were in a book, your redemption arc would be unreal talking about not allowed on the pod let monty on the pod t-shirts highest selling shirt in new york times history (laughs) to being on the pod for the 100th episode to hosting an episode absolutely love this for you man
2: i'm basically uh steve harrington from stranger things
0: that make me dustin
2: (laughs) yeah I, i think that that tracks <laughs> that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a good question for for when we have the whole group if we're stranger things uh cast who would we be so but yep yeah, so here we are we haven't done uh a pod in a while it's been uh it's been rough going since the Juan Soto trade uh so it's been hard to get motivated to talk about the nationals. So what we're gonna do is not talk about the nationals uh I'll briefly just mention that Joey uh Manessis, just hit a uh, walk-off home run uh, to get a series win, which is rare. Uh, but other than that, I don't really want to talk about the Nationals because it makes me sad. So we're going to talk about everything but the Nationals. What do you, what do you think? How, do you, how does that sound to you, Ryan?
0: I love baseball, man. And this team's depressing right now. So let's take a look at what's going on uh, outside our neck of the woods.
2: Yeah, uh, we only have to go a little bit up the road uh, to uh, up the beltway to Baltimore. Uh, The Orioles, they won another game tonight. They beat the Guardians 3-0. They are now just a game and a half back in the wild card at 69. Nice. And 61 uh, hanging around.
0: Absolutely hanging around. I love the story of the Orioles. Reals right now. Believe it or not, I love the stories when teams and people come from absolutely nowhere. And Orioles fans deserve it. It's been a rough, rough last five or six years in Baltimore, but they have tanked beautifully. They did their tank right. All of these top prospects, because every prospect they call up, they call up a prospect, that prospect graduates. The new number one prospect in baseball, it's theirs. Adley Rutschman comes up, who, by the way, is already the best catcher in baseball. I like he's been up for two months and I feel like you can't really argue against that. He just completely rejuvenizes that team hits the ground running. They call up a uh, gunner the other day, first hit home run and they're not done. They have the top pitching prospect who I genuinely believe is going to be an ace. Um, Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on his name? He's my favorite pitcher, in it will be the show. Grayson but, Rodriguez. Oh, my goodness. I literally have a jersey. God, I'm a terrible person. Yes. Grayson Rodriguez is coming up, and that is going to be fun. The Orioles have a lot of good depth, and I really want them to make a run. I mean, they're making the run right now, but, like, the Orioles making the playoffs and securing a wild card spot would be so funny because that means they would probably beat out the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are actually all in.
2: <laughs> yeah we'll talk probably about the blue jays a little bit later when we talk about some disappointing teams but it's funny that i just heard you mention that you love it when teams come out of nowhere and and fi- and, and win games but let but yet last year when the giants did that you you hated them so I yeah because
0: to- um the giants were frauds and they are currently in last place in nls oh sorry no they're tied Excuse me. They're tied with the Diamondbacks for fourth. My apologies.
2: (laughs) Diamondbacks have been really good lately, but we're not going to talk about that much (laughs) here. We're still talking about the Orioles. Um, uh, You mentioned Adley Rushman. Since he's come up, they are 53 and 37 since May 21st when he made his debut.
0: I I believe that's the best record in the AL East in that span.
2: I believe so, yeah, because the Yankees have not been good after the All Star break, and then the others have just been kind of going back and forth. Um, but they were sixteen and twenty four on uh, May twenty first, and uh, I know how Nats fans love to talk about nineteen and thirty one on May uh, what was it twenty fourth, and this could be the Orioles version if they make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be World Series contenders, but Stranger Things has have ha- has happened, and well, it's funny I just said Stranger Things, Sure has Steve. No pun intended from earlier. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about their pitching real quick because they've just won three straight series the Orioles have against teams in the playoff hunt. Uh, They took two of three from Chicago, the White Sox, who, again, we're going to talk about later in terms of the most disappointing teams. But they also took two of three from the AL's best Houston Astros team in which the Astros only scored four runs over three games. Um, and and they're starting pitching only gave up uh, two earned runs. And then they just took two of three from the AL central leading guardians. So they're just finding ways to win. And I wanted to talk about their, their pitching, particularly the, these three guys. It's uh Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer. And who do you think the third one is?
0: Say his name.
2: Austin, both. <laughs> right Now, uh, if you haven't heard of uh, two of these guys, uh, in Kyle Bradish or Dean Kramer, I don't blame you. Um, they're kind of supposed to be, I think, their top end is supposed to be like middle of the middle of the rotation starters. And yet, in his last seven starts, Kyle Bradish two and one, two point seven two ERA. He went six scoreless tonight. He went eight scoreless against the Astros in Houston last weekend. And it's he's been lights out. Uh, Dean Kramer, he's arguably been the most consist uh, most consistent Orioles starter over the course of the season. He went six, he's six and four, 3.24 ERA, and in Houston, seven and two thirds of one run innings. And then, of course, everyone should be aware now of Austin Voth. I tweet about it every time he starts since he joined the Orioles, four and two, 2.72 ERA. Uh, six in that's in sixteen games, twelve of which were starts. He outpitched Dylan Cease ten days ago. Uh, Can that? Yep, he went toe to toe with Justin Verlander. Five young candidate. that? Yep. <laughs> uh, and you know, lights out. And he would have gone six scoreless against the Astros in that last start, but he walked the leadoff guy in the top of the seventh, and the reliever that came in to relieve him uh allowed that run to score, and he took the loss. But Austin Voth has been unbelievable. It's been, it's been really fun to watch him. And it, I know I text you every time, and it hurts you a little bit on the inside because, you know, I said we wouldn't talk about the Nationals, but you can't talk about Austin Voth and talk about the the girl that got away.
0: I am I'm literally looking at his baseball reference right now, and we all watch Both. He would have a couple good starts and turn a complete dog water. It, just, it was just infuriating because the tools were there. The spin rate was there. The movement was there. He just couldn't figure it out. He had an ERA over 10 before the Nats DFA'd him. He was the worst pitcher in baseball. He was worse than Patrick Corbin at the time, who Patrick Corbin is now the worst pitcher in baseball. Patrick Corbin sucks. But the dude goes to Baltimore, and in 60 innings, he's a 2-7 ERA. I don't think the Nats have a pitcher with an ERA under four. He has a 2-7 ERA. He's figured it out. It's clicked. His whip has almost halved. Um, His hits per nine has halved. His home runs per nine halved. His walks per nine is the same. His strikeouts per nine is lower. It's just absolutely insane. The transition that we have seen from him is just infuriating.
2: And he's doing it in the AL East, which by the way, all five teams are within, I think, uh, eight games of a playoff spot. Uh, The Red Sox are likely not anywhere near making the playoffs but they're in theory hanging around 500 or uh five four or five games under 500 but yeah they're doing that in the uh hitter friendly al east now
0: with great lineups
2: yeah and uh speaking of lineups the orioles lineup again it's it's you know pardon uh dennis eckersley referring to the pirates uh lineup a couple weeks ago as a hodgepodge of nothingness um this is a hodgepodge it's not nothingness but it's a bit of a hodgepodge
0: They got pieces. They have good pieces in this lineup and they're close. Like Cedric Mullins, fantastic. Austin Hayes, fantastic. Adley Rutschman, dog. Ryan Mountcastle having a pretty good year. Gunnar Henderson's looking really good. Jorge Mateo is a fantastic surprise. Like this is a team that if they add a guy like Trey Turner, because they offer Carlos Correa 300 million, and they add someone like JD Martinez or another big bat, they're going to be a problem. Like this lineup is close. The whole team's close.
2: This lineup
0: is one or two pieces from just being a top 10 lineup.
2: Well, and adding somebody like Trey Turner would be so cool because uh, they already like to run. Mateo and Mullins uh, are the top two leaders in the American league in stolen bases. Mullins has 29. Mateo has 28. They like to run. Uh, So if you add somebody like Trey Turner in there, that, that, makes it even more fun especially I mean obviously Mateo would probably move from shortstop um probably second second or second yeah Donner so, would be a third yeah and then you'd have uh Trey at shortstop and that you'd, you'd have those three with uh Cedric Mullins just uh demons on the base pass um but the other thing it's funny we mentioned Adley is getting better each and every time I see him Play offensively, and he is actually of the of the eight position players, not including a DH, because their top DH was Trey Mancini, who they traded. Um, the other seven position players all have double digit home runs. Uh, only the only guys under uh, a 700 OPS is a uh, Jorge Mateo and uh, Ruben Um So, again, it, it's a hodgepodge of guys, but they're pieces, like you said, as opposed to somebody like the Pirates. Who is a hodgepodge of nothingness? Um, so it's fun to watch, and I try not to root for the Orioles on a principle. Um, I don't like their owner, who robbed us of mass and money, and I just I like to uh, to bag on the the entire state of Maryland in general. So I like to troll, yeah, I like to troll uh, and say that you know I hate the Orioles and I hate Maryland, but I am secretly rooting and enjoying the uh, the run, and I'm I'm tuning into them all the time. So that's what we've got on the Orioles. We could probably spend a whole episode. We could probably just turn into an Orioles podcast at this point with the, with, the, with what we can talk about.
0: <laughs> I think the people would love it.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. Cause that's the nice thing it looks like a lot of nationals fans have jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, I know everyone's enjoying Adley Rushman. Um, and again, it was great to see Gunnar Henderson and he swung so hard, his helmet fell off and he's got a great head of hair uh, for as somebody who's losing his hair. Uh, <laughs> I'm always jealous of the lettuce, And uh, it looked really good, gave me some Bryce Harper vibes going around the bases, Uh, you know, back when Bryce was, you know, was really young and had, oh man, that's going to make me sad again. Okay, sorry. All right. (laughs) Moving along. We are moving on to some of, let's talk award races. Where do you want to start? So let's let's, let's start the AL MVP. I thought you'd want to start there. Your boy.
0: My my boy. So the MVP is now just a two-man race. There's a time when three people had a, a legit arguing a, a legit argument of being a unanimous MVP. Don't know what's going on with Jordan. Jordan's kind of fallen off. So the MVP right now is just between Otani and Judge. So I'm gonna I'm gonna present an argument. I'm gonna ask you a question, Monty. All right. So right now, Shohei Otani has a lower ERA than Corbin Burns who won the NL Cy Young last year. His ERA right now is lower than Robbie Ray's was last year when Robbie Ray won this AL Cy Young. Robbie Ray's ERA last year led the American League. Otani's ERA is lower than that. He has more home runs than the second-place AL MVP did last... Sorry, second-place AL MVP in Vlad Jr. He's also on pace to have more home runs than the last two, last three... No, 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 lot. Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, 2020 was two years ago. So I can't count the last two NL MVP award winners, and he's the first player in MLB history to hit 30 home runs and win 10 games in the same season. So I ask you this: Aaron Judge is the front runner right now because playing for the Yankees, chasing history. Does Aaron Judge have to break Maris's record in order to win the MVP, or do you think Judge already has it locked up?
2: Oh, that's tough because we're depending on the journalists to who vote on this to, to vote correctly, and that's tough because he's got the New York media, and he's got the East Coast bias, and breaking Roger Maris's record is massive, and the Yankees are competing for the playoffs, and so you've got the whole argument of best player or most valuable, Um, which is going to be an argument till the end of time, um, but that splits voters too. If I have a vote, I'm going Otani, regardless of what Aaron Judge does. It's just unbelievable what he's doing, and at the same t- at the same time, we should not grow complacent with what he's doing. And I think we're in danger of that already. It's it's year two of of him being really really amazing, and it feels like. The, the the game is already getting a little bit complacent about what he's doing and it, it's still extraordinary he's not going to be able to keep this up for you know for a long time so it's tough uh because Aaron Judge is on a playoff team he is producing and Maris's record is a big deal in New York and it's a big deal anywhere. I mean I'm trying to think is anyone anyone not Accused of uh, of PEDs, have ne- has never broken. I think Sammy Sosa probably passed it twice, Mark McGuire, and then Barry Bonds, but I don't think anyone else has has passed Roger Maris. Um,
0: Everyone who PEDs. has, like you said, was accused of PEDs. Like Yankees gets Yankee bias, the media bias, playoff team. But last year was the first time since the '90s when both MVPs didn't make the playoffs. So are we seeing a shift?
2: I think the advanced stats. I, I wonder how many of the journalists have moved away a little bit from the from the valuable part argument, which, you know, it, I, yeah, it's 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 a tough situation. I think if he does break Roger Maris's record, I think the journalists could go his way, but it should be Otani, regardless. Um, for, in my opinion, just because of what he's doing is just so incredible. And that's again assuming he's keeping up with the pitching side and hitting size for the last month of the season.
0: Yeah, Otani is the best player in baseball. I'm ready to crown it.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I know we've talked about it, and it it's one of the worst things for me. because I don't, I don't, I stay up late, but I don't try to stay up late. And if I miss a lot of those West Coast games, and of course the Angels not being very good, it's not, it's not <laughs> as easy to it's not as easy to tune into those games. If they were competitive, you might tune into them more, but. Yeah, he's just unbelievable. Kind of reminds me of um, a situation over in Europe when Messi and Ronaldo are at the top and like somebody else has a really, really good season and it doesn't matter just because what Messi and Ronaldo were doing at the time that no one else is going to win the award. And that's kind of what Otani's doing without uh, an equal. <laughs> so uh, sorry well, to bring up that that sport.
0: Hold on. That, that was a good segue because the AL Rookie of the Year race is
2: kind of like that right now. That's, that's a good point. We've talked about this as well, right? Um, and by the way, Julio, I saw him hit a bomb this afternoon, and he, he's just J-Rod hitting off E-Rod in, uh, in Detroit today. It was so, so nice. Um, yeah, we talked about it. Him and Adley Rushman are generational players. And then there's Stephen Kwan, who is just chugging along. Also and- having a good year. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 a distant third and I what was it? Cleveland I think came out and was complaint that like I think it was Cleveland's official account. Yeah, it was. He, yeah, it came out and had said like, "Oh, why doesn't they why don't they talk about him? It's a small is it it's cuz we're a small market as if Seattle and Baltimore <laughs> are massive noted
0: big markets.
2: markets." Yeah. So, uh Stephen Kwan's fun to watch, but he's like the little engine that could. There's not he's not generational. He's a solid bat. But he's not J. Rod or Adley Rushman.
0: If you if you had a if you had a, a vote in the ale rookie year race, who are you going?
2: Oh man, that's that's tough. Because the impact that Adley has had, not just offensively, but I feel like the, a lot of the pitching he's he stabilized a lot of the pitching in Baltimore as well. And I think that might give me the might give me the reason to give him the edge, just because the catcher is—it's like almost talking about a quarterback in football who's having a good year versus uh, a wide receiver who's having a really good year. Because Julio Rodriguez is—he's—he's is, he's good defensively, but like he's all his impact, most of his impact is offensively. And right. then Adley Rushman is—is is handling a pitching staff, and you know, yeah, it's—I—I'd say Adley Rushman for me.
0: I tend but to agree. It's,
2: yeah, it's 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 a tough call. It's it's by a hair. I I would not be mad either way.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. They they both deserve it. Like they're both generational players who are gonna be so freaking good for so long. I just as I just go Adley the way he juvenized an Orioles team that was supposed to come in dead last.
2: Yeah, I am so excited for this generation, this younger generation of baseball players, you know. And that even includes people like Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, you know, PED suspension, notwithstanding, but like this younger generation is going to be around a long time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Amen, brother. So uh, last, what was a Cy Young for AL? I I think it's pretty cut and dry. Um, Verlander is out, I believe right now, but it shouldn't be too long. I think maybe two or three starts. But to me, he's got to be the clear uh, number one. As much as it pains me to say, uh, for anyone who knows, I have a personal vendetta against Justin Verlander. We're not going to get into it on the podcast. But to me, he's he's the cut and dry leader. Um, Shane, Callahan, uh, Shane McClanahan of the Rays might have had a chance to catch him, but he's on the IL again. And then Dylan Cease has, uh, has stumbled a little bit down the stretch here.
0: I'm going with my preseason pick who I said figured it out. I said he was a thrower. Now he's a pitcher. I'm going my boy. I'm I'm going Dylan Cease.
2: Oh, I'm, I I, I'm, say, I didn't I didn't remember your preseason pick. I was about to be real mad if you said I'm going with my boy Justin Verlander.
0: No, my my preseason pick for AL Cyon was Dylan Cease and he's got a 2.27 ERA. He's having a good year. I I think he does it.
2: That Verlander Dylan Cease matchup, uh, I guess probably about two weeks ago now. It was a playoff like uh, atmosphere in Chicago to watch those two go head to head, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Verlander obviously uh, he got the W there and out-dueled Cease, but it was a fun match in Chicago. And I believe uh, the White Sox did come back and win that game, but Verlander outpitched Cease in the two uh, in, the, in the in the the game within a game there. But yeah, I was really worried that you're going to go with your boy Justin Verlander and the betrayal there.
0: <laughs>
2: I I might have just no, logged I, off. I,
0: I I can't do that to a homie.
2: Did you see uh, somebody? They did a bet on the uh, on the six award races, and they had uh, Otani, or I think they had Aaron Judge as the AL MVP, which is possible. Um, they had Shane McClanahan as the AL Cy Young. That's possible, but not likely with him being out probably for uh, you know till right before the playoffs. He had J Rod as rookie of the year. And then on the NL side, he had uh the same he had uh uh Paul Goldschmidt and uh as NL MVP and then the NL Cy Young, he had a Sandy Alcantara, and then dumb. Spencer Struck. Yeah, and it sucks because he probably it was a one dollar bet that I think he could have won seven thousand dollars on. If he yeah. rides it out, um, and I think they he, they were offering him sixty to cash out, which you would think not to cash out. But with McClanahan probably out until the right before the playoffs, he's probably not going to win that parlay. But I thought that was nuts because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Speaking of people on a tear, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but Goldschmidt and Arenado in St. Louis,
0: dude. That line right now, that lineup is just humming. They're the best. Best lineup in baseball since the all-star break. Funny, they didn't go for Soto. I thought that was a mistake. Well, they're they're not missing him. Uh Paul Goldschmidt, MVP in my eyes, obviously, he's having one of the best seasons we've seen from active players since Bryce's 2015. He's on the triple crown watch. He's a little behind in a couple of categories, but I think he could do it. The dude is just having an outrageous, outrageous season. And then the one the one-two punch with Arenado, whom core's effect. I was told wasn't good.
2: Oh, but uh, re- real quick, I got a question for you. Trivia question. Yes. Last time an NL player won the Triple Crown.
0: That's a good question. Miggy was the last one to win it.
2: Yep. And oh,
0: I don't know who won it before him.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough because it hasn't happened since 1937. I believe it was Joe Medwick, also of the same not Cardinals. real. <laughs> it's certainly not real because it happened before World War II. Baseball, exists. Yes. Like birds aren't real, yes. <laughs> um, thank you, yeah, because because Yostremski did it uh, uh for the Red Sox in, in the 60s or 70s, but that's American League still, so it's been a long time since the National League has had a Triple Crown winner. And Austin Riley is probably going to come in third, but it's got it's got to come down to Arenado and Goldschmidt, and to me, Goldschmidt's just been. Just so unreal. And it's funny because the Cardinals, uh, until just after the All-Star break, they were in second in the division, kind of around 500, not very good. The pitching wasn't great. And then Goldschmidt has been on a tear pretty much ever since, both of them. It's just every every day I get the baseball reference newsletter, and it's like looking at the pitching matchups. I feel like Goldschmidt's on there every day, and I'm like, my goodness, he just owns every pitcher he's facing right now.
0: I mean, it is just you just have to admire it. They got the Cardinals' Devil Magic, and it's going to show up in the playoffs again.
2: Yeah, and 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 it's funny because we're talking about Arenado and Goldschmidt. People are talking about Pujols um, going for seven hundred and it being his final year, and Yadier uh, Molina's final year. Not enough people are talking about Adam Wainwright, who is still anchored, leading this pitching staff at age forty, and I believe he's he's got a three point. 190 RA or something or like in the low threes really doing well leading that pitching staff that is without Jack Flaherty and Stephen Matz and you know a, you know they got Jordan Montgomery at the trade deadline Jose Quintana who those two guys have really helped but a lot enough people in my opinion talk about Adam Wainwright did you get a chance to see his uh pregame uh, like thing on uh, Sunday thing? yeah
0: yeah it was pretty cool
2: yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked, and that was just a thrown together because of the rain delay. But yeah, anyway. So for for you, it's Arenado or Goldschmidt, but you're leaning Goldschmidt, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think Goldschmidt wins pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I, I think in in terms of WAR, I think they're very close. But for me, Goldschmidt's just got the flashier offensive numbers, and he and again, great defense. So, and I think didn't the Cardinals all four of their guys last year? I think the awards overrated, but all four of their infielders won Gold Gloves last year, didn't they?
0: Yes, that yes. is the <laughs> best defensive team of baseball. It's not close.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so let's move on to the NL Cy Young, and uh, again, just like the AL, this is probably pretty cut and dry. It's got to be Sandy Alcantara, right?
0: Dude, Sandy Alcantara, what a year he's having! Leads the league in the innings. Really not close. Um. Saw some stats about him. So from May 11th through August 15th, that's 18 outings. He went seven innings and six of them. He had three complete games in that spam. Um, he also went a nine shutout against the Nats, but that doesn't count. Um, he went nine to three with a 1.64 ERA in that spam, basically solidify himself as a Cy Young. He did hit a little bumpy road. He had his worst start of the season, got lit up by the Dodgers. Six runs, 10 hits, didn't make it through four innings. Absolutely annihilate against them. But he did what Cy Young's do. He went complete game, one run, 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers in the same week against a very, 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 very good Dodgers lineup. He complete game them. Just absolutely outrageous. That's how he bounced back. And it's not close. He's going to become the first Marlins pitcher to win to Cy Young, in my opinion. Corbin Burns, he's flirting with it, has an argument, but I don't think it's as strong of an argument as Sandy has.
2: I was going to ask you who was second because I, uh, I was like, Tony Gonslin's having a great year, but I doubt his strikeout numbers are high enough.
0: Gonslin's hurt now.
2: Oh, that's right. And then, um, Max, the Max, free, a, but... Max, Max missed some time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Corin Burns. He's fun to watch too, but yeah, uh, it's fun. to. I mean, I'll tune into the Marlins. They've got a, They've they've got a bright future, but I don't necessarily trust them to do what they're supposed to do to to capitalize on that because even though they've had new owners, yeah. their, their history shows that they tend to squander their talent. So
0: they're just um, not paying people,
2: right? Right. So um, so we just talked about the Dodgers uh with Gonsolin um I, I'm gonna go ahead and skip the NL rookie of the year conversation because I don't want to talk about the Braves too much it's <laughs> probably between Spencer uh Spencer Strider and Michael And
0: yeah that's that's all I, it is yeah
2: I don't care so a Braves player is going to win NL rookie of the year we can move on uh um I'd apologize to the Braves any Braves listeners but uh, I don't care um uh we're moving along uh, to the Dodgers. Uh, they just had a three game series, uh, with the Mets, um, big, big monster series and potential, uh, NLCS matchup, uh, in an ideal world. I think that would be my matchup, the two best teams in the national league, um, throughout the season, um, matching up those two pitching staffs. What, any thoughts on the series in particular, uh, what games,
0: a fun series, not even just this week, the whole season series. Mets won the season series, four games, the three. It's just fun. Like we talked about how great the Dodgers are. They're historically good. The run they're on right now is outrageous. The Yankees were the first team to 70 wins on August 1st. On August 1st, they beat the Dodgers to 70 wins on August 1st. It's September 1st and the Dodgers now have 90 wins. It's so like the Dodgers are hot. And I hope this is an NLCS preview because love seeing the two best teams in baseball, go at it. And both of these teams strengths match up so well against each other. The Dodgers lineup is ridiculous. The Mets rotation is ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like as much as I like underdogs, I, I still really enjoy when the best teams just grind into it head to head and, this series, I thought, was kind of a – I think it was very interesting. It went the way I would think it did. The Mets won – like you said, they won the season series, but this uh, series in, in, in Queens in particular um, went how I thought it would. And, they, and, and the Dodgers didn't even have to face Max. Um, they faced Tywin Walker on Tuesday, and that's the one game they did end up winning. Uh, by the way, all the games were close. Um, they lost to DeGrom on Wednesday.
0: What an outrageous catch in center field. Brandon Nemo, if you didn't see it, by the way, probably the catch of the year, robbed a home run in the seventh, had to run directly behind him in center field, which is the toughest play for an alpha to make outrageous catch. Highly recommend you look it up.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And then today Clayton Kershaw made his return from, uh, from another back injury, I believe. And, uh, Mets had Chris Bassett on the mound, who doesn't get talked about enough because of Max and DeGrom, but Chris Bassett is, is going to be a problem in the playoffs um, because you're going to get past Max and you're going to get past DeGrom, and you might be down two games to none at that point, point. and now you've got Chris Bassett, who has been a monster um, this season. I think he's got a 3.30 ERA, something around there. And then you get past him, and they've got some, you know, you've got Tywin Walker, who's been pretty good. So, and that's assuming they don't go back to Max or Jake on short rest. So, like you said, the Mets rotation against the Dodgers lineup is great. And I wrote an article, I think for me, the Dodgers are going to win 114 games, probably like 110 plus. Like you said, historically great. But because of that pitching staff, and I feel like the 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 Mets made some really savvy acquisitions and are built for October a little bit better in the pitching department because the Dodgers are going to have to depend on Clayton Kershaw, who is historically not great in the playoffs. Tony Gonsolin, who doesn't have much playoff experience, especially as a starter, Andrew Haney and uh is it Tyler Anderson yeah Tyler Anderson there's too Mm -hmm. many Andersons so I was trying to make sure it wasn't Chase Anderson Tyler Anderson those two guys they don't have much in terms of experience you're going to be depending on them you've got Urias who does pitch well in the postseason um and then you've got Dustin May who you don't even know if he's going to be a starter or out of the bullpen and to me you've got the Mets four which include uh Scherzer who as we've seen as Nats fans firsthand even when he doesn't have his best stuff He's going to grind out results. And they've got the best current closer in baseball right now in Diaz, whereas the Dodgers have a struggling closer in Kimbrell.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, so. the thing is, though, it's the Dodgers. Like, they'll call up just nobodies. I mean, look at Tyler Anderson. He's good all of a sudden. But you make good points, and I kind of agree with you. I, I think the Mets actually line up that one pretty, pretty well.
2: And that's why I need this NLCS to happen. Even as much as I like underdogs, I really want to just find out if I'm right, you know, that, you know, that the Mets are built and I, it's tough. Cause I don't want to root for the Mets either, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm just looking for good baseball. Yeah. And I know that's not how a lot of um, listeners might agree with. Cause uh, you know, the emotions, we don't necessarily want to root for an NLE's team, but at the end of the day, you can always root for them to beat the Dodgers and then lose to whoever the American League, uh, especially if it's the Orioles somehow. <laughs> so uh, the Dodgers are going to have another big series coming this weekend. They're facing the Padres. Uh, I've got an article coming out tomorrow morning that will preview um, the three big series a little bit more extensively, and then it actually covers all of the series that are going to be taking place this weekend. It's going to have game times. Um, the three big series are going to have the problem pitchers, It's going to have everyone who's on a national broadcast and it's going to have the playoff picture. Um, my three big series this weekend, it's going to be Seattle is heading to Cleveland. They just played a uh, four game series last weekend in Seattle. Seattle took three of four at home. That one's interesting. You want to hear the the Mariners really have a little bit of an advantage there because they've set up their pitching staff a little bit better. They're going to have Luis Castillo going Friday, Robbie Ray Saturday, and the rookie George Kirby going Sunday. On the flip side, the Guardians are going Plesac, Sivale, and Quantrill with uh, Bieber and McKenzie, their two best, missing this series. And it's critical because the Guardians are just uh, – let me see. They are just a game and a half up on the Twins – in the AL Central and just and four and a half, I believe, up on the White Sox. So big series between two small market teams that are pushing for the playoffs. Mariners haven't hot. made the playoffs since 2001.
0: Mariners are hot right now. Um, I'm trying to pull up what the record is over the streak, 41-19. and That's the best record in the AL over the last 60 games, 41-19. Absolutely hot. Luis Castillo has a 2.84 ERA since I got him, including two wins over the Yankees. So that's going to be a fun one. I mean, the Mariners are throwing their top three at him. I'm excited to watch it. Mariners are a fun team. They're 41 and 19. (laughs) So dumb. They're 41 and 19 over the last 16. They're still double digit back of the Astros.
2: Yeah. The Astros are just going about their business, but yeah, it's funny that we mentioned Luis Castillo, um, how good he's been and how he's got two wins over the Yankees in that span. Uh, Cause he's beaten the Yankees at least three times this year. Cause he did, he had seven shutout innings when he was with the reds um, and the Yankees didn't get him. They wanted him. They ended up going Frankie Montaz who uh, has not been very good since they've acquired him. And meanwhile, Castillo has been brilliant and beaten them twice.
0: He went so, eight shutout against him.
2: So, Mariners, Guardians. If you're looking for games outside of uh, the Nationals or some of the normal big names um, right now, I don't see any of the games being necessarily uh, nationally broadcast, but you can watch all of them on MLB TV. Uh, the second big series I've highlighted, we just talked about them. The Yankees. They're going to be going to Tampa, St. Pete, the Trop, taking on the Rays um, in an AL. Only six games back. Yep. Uh, Yeah, the Yankees, we just talked about it. You just mentioned the Yankees on August 1st with the first team to 70 wins. How many wins do you think they have right now on September 1st?
0: 78.
2: Close. I got 79. Is it 78?
0: Damn it. It was 78 this morning.
2: (laughs) Well, it might still be 78 or something. No, it's
0: 79.
2: Okay, it's 79. I was like, oh man, did I mess something up here? Uh, They are 15 and 24 since the All-Star break. I wrote an article about them for me, as good as they are, they're going to have issues in the playoffs and, and we're going to see some interesting things here. They've got um, Domingo Hermann uh, going Friday, Clark Schmidt, the youngster going Saturday and Frankie Montaz, who we just mentioned going on Sunday. So no Garrett Cole, no Nestor Cortez. Um, the Rays haven't announced uh, their Saturday or Sunday starters, probably trying to figure it out after McClanahan has gone to the IL. Jeffrey Springs, uh, who's very quietly had a very good season for them starting on Friday. And it's just the Ray. Yeah, just the Rays being the Rays.
0: The Yankees are, there's something. Um, I was pulling up my stat. Hold on. I got one second. Give me my stat one second. Okay. So you mentioned Garrett Cole. I wanted to bring this up because Yankees are absolutely fumbling right now. And I knew they would because their pitching doesn't have that many innings of experience in a season and they're starting to crumble. Garrett Cole in his last five starts, 33.1 innings, 34 Ks, 0.9 whip. He's got a 2.16 ERA, four quality starts, and the Yankees are 1-4 in that span.
2: Yeah, and then the other thing you got to be concerned about, they've gotten a lot out of Nestor Cortez, but his career high in any professional season was 112 innings. Exactly. And he passed that, I think, four starts ago.
0: He's not so- used to it.
2: Yeah, so you, you're going to have to start worrying about a decline there. We mentioned Frankie Montau has been struggling. The other big thing, they are a feast or famine offense.
0: It's Aaron Judge and a bunch of Italians.
2: Yeah, and, and they're just hoping to hit home runs. And if they don't hit home runs, they don't win. And it's putting more uh, stress and pressure on Aaron Judge, which is not what you want either.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, teams that rely on the home run ball don't tend to do well in October because the pitching is at its best in October. The weather is colder. Now, really doesn't matter. And you're playing in the little league ballpark, which everyone hates on Yankee Stadium. I respect the living hell out of that. They built their stadium to benefit their team. More teams should do it. I respect the way Yankee Stadium built. That's a different conversation. So, may help them, but in August, Yankees offensive players accrued 2.4 F 4 Aaron judge accrued 1.8 of that
2: himself.
0: That's not good.
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting series. They're on the road in, in St. Pete. And like you said, uh, the Rays are suddenly uh, back in the race. And if the Rays are in the race, you know, the blue Jays and Orioles can't be too far behind. Uh, It's a six game difference between the Yankees and the Rays. Uh, They take two of three and all of a sudden it's a a five game, five games with, you know, with a whole month to go in the season. It's the AL East all of a sudden, not quite uh, a lock anymore. So that's a series to keep an eye on. Uh, They will get two MLB network games if you're not in their broadcast areas. So if like, uh, like you, uh, excuse me, like us, you live in this, uh, the DC area or, uh, the Virginia Maryland area. You'll be able to watch them on Friday on MLB Network at seven ten, and Sunday afternoon on MLB Network at one forty. Final series we're going to talk about before we get to our final topic: Padres and Dodgers. Uh, it's a it's supposed to be a big rivalry. Uh, it's not. I don't. It is, but it's not because it's it's pretty one sided right now.
0: Dodgers like ninety nine to one in their last hundred games.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it was something (laughs) like fifteen, like sixteen and two or sixteen and three. Yeah, it's just it's outrageous. Which is what you would expect if they were playing the A's every week, uh, like nineteen times, or the Nationals nineteen times. Which is funny because the Nationals have the Dodgers number, so that they're lucky the Nationals aren't going to make the playoffs.
0: I mean, all I'm saying is. They're 41-9 over the last 50, and they lost a series to the Nats, so makes you think.
2: Yeah, and uh, they're going to be going with uh, – their pitching is going to be Dustin May on Friday. Uh, he's he's coming back. I think it will be his second or third start since he's come back from his major injury uh, and surgery. Julio Urias, who's basically the ace of the staff at this point with Clayton Kershaw bouncing back and forth to the IL and Walker Buehler out. And then uh, Andrew Haney, who all of a sudden is a stud, uh, which I still just can't get my head around, uh, pitches on Sunday on ESPN, which the Padres at Dodgers will be an ESPN game. Um, And then Dodgers are going to counter with Darvish on Friday, Minaya on Saturday, and Clevenger on Sunday. So no Joe Musgrove in a massive series. Uh, How do you see this one unfolding? More of the same?
0: So this is a big, big, big series for the uh, Padres. They're just like, they can't get out of their own way. Um, here, dig is first, his first uh, save. But like, I'm going to go with history. I, I think the Dodgers won two or three. Like the Padres are their little brother. And I think, I think the Dodgers just go with it. Everyone has that team that no matter what, they just can't beat them. And that's the Padres with the Dodgers. They just cannot beat the Dodgers no matter who they have.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. And 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 they got to exercise that demon if they ever want to get to the World Series. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. For the Nationals, they didn't necessarily have a specific team that was their bugaboo in the playoffs. It was just the first round, right? So as soon as we exercised, yeah, uh, you know, the wild card game or or the division series, whichever one it was, that was like, we got this. We're going to win the World Series now. And until the Padres can prove they can beat the Dodgers, they're not going to the World Series.
0: I agree. I mean, we saw with the Caps, you got to exercise your demons.
1: Yes, you exercise their yeah.
0: demons, and they just broke through. It's just it's going to take one of those lucky bounces that just goes your way that never seems to go your way. A call you never get, but it's unreal ownage. Like I feel like. The Padres players all know it too, because that's, they just cannot beat them.
2: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause at that point there's like a psychological edge there that kind of keeps the advantage in the Dodgers corner because the moment something doesn't go right for the Padres, it's, you know, here we go again.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very real thing in sports. Like that's
2: where, that's where the curses, I think actually they're not necessarily real, but that's where the curses, I think play a factor in players yeah. mind, you know?
0: Yeah. And like you feed off the crowd, the crowd starts getting nervous and anxious. And they start feeding off that it's a little different in baseball than it is in other sports, but still yeah. it's, it's a big thing, especially when you're playing like in San Diego, there's going to be a lot of Dodgers fans there, anyways, but no, I mean, it's a mental thing. And they, the Padres need to make a statement. Cause like the Padres are a good team. That's a great roster. It's not close to the Dodgers roster. That's because the Dodgers are a super team, but like, the Pirates swept them. Anything's possible, man.
2: The problem is that only Soto and Machado have been hitting. So Machado's trying to force That's his way into the uh, NL MVP conversation as well because he's been enjoying hitting behind Juan Soto. Um,
0: oh, yeah. I he's a loving life. And Soto, oh, yeah. lo- can we talk about that for a second?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm wearing my Juan Soto City <laughs> Connect jersey right now. I'm a massive Padres fan.
0: Juan okay. Soto went from just a disgusting situation. No, absolutely no, no protection whatsoever. He had the ghost of Nelson Cruz hanging behind him this year. Last year, he didn't really have anyone behind him either. And look at that. Look at that. Finally gets the greatest protection you could absolutely get. <laughs> and he gets it And uh, May Machado. Like that is just a dream come true for the next three years for him.
2: Yeah, I was watching uh, a bunch. Of, I've watched a bunch of Padres games since we sent him over there. And it's cracks me up because they don't pitchers don't want a piece of Juan Soto. So they will walk him. And then the problem is, is then Machado is just going to feast. And that's what's happened. And the the problem is, is the rest of the offense, Josh Bell has struggled. Brandon jury has done a few things, but it hasn't been great. Cronenworth hasn't done much. Um, So the rest of the lineup's kind of letting them down, but those two, it's fun to watch because how do you pitch? And, and that's what makes me really mad about the Tatis situation, because I feel robbed of watching those three go back to back to back. And, and I'm, I'm mad at Tatis, not because he's, he cheated. I'm mad because he's deprived me. He, I'm, I'm mad because he got caught and deprived me of the enjoyment of watching those three go hit back to back to back in a lineup.
0: Can you imagine how electric those three would be just feeding off each other, and all the electricity, like Tatis leading off, Soto second, Machado third, Bell fourth. Fantastic lineup.
2: I'm I'm getting so mad. Playoffs. Oh Thinking, my god. Yeah, I, we've got to wait till next year, I guess. Um, yeah, it makes me so mad because I was really excited about it, and then I, that news broke, and I was like, "How could you do this?" To-? I, took uh, I took it personally.
0: I took it personally. I love the guy. Yeah, you did that love, to me. Yeah.
2: I love watching Tatis. I don't care about I, the only reason I care about the PD thing is because he has robbed me of what eight, the 80 games is that how long the suspension is. Yeah. Robbed me of seeing that him in that lineup. Cause again, I like watching good baseball and I love the the three personalities, even though I've Machado, I've, I've always kind of, he's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but the other two, I mean, Tatis and, and Soto, I love those two guys, but um, yeah. Padres Dodgers MLB network Saturday night. They'll be on ESPN on Sunday uh, as the primetime game there. And then finally, we're going to hit our last topic. We're going to talk about some disappointing teams. Ryan, I hate to tell you, we're talking disappointing teams, but like I said, we're not talking about the Nationals, so you cannot bring up the Nationals.
0: Um, I'm going to go for a team that I was right about, just because I like being right, Um, in the Boston Red Sox last place in the AL East, five games under 500. My buddy is a big Red Sox fan. And I told him for the, the beginning of the season, they were going to finish closer to last place than they do first place. And he said, no, this is a 90-win team. And I said, they're not even the 80-win team. Where are you getting that from? And they're 63 and 68. I was right. They have playoff hopes. A lot of people expected the playoffs from them. You can mention the White Sox, but got to go gotta go with Red Sox. Five games under 500. You know, the division is playing very well, but they aren't. So, I mean, that roster was Xander, Devers, J.D. Martinez. It's a good roster, and they're just underperforming all around.
2: Yeah, I didn't oh even God. think that. I didn't even. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You also called the Red Sox being good last year when not many people were. So it's interesting that you were able to see both uh, both situations there. Um,
0: Monty, here's the thing.
2: I'm not going to like what the statements. What, go ahead, Ryan.
0: I know ball. I just know
2: ball. All right. You know, ball and you don't want emotions get in the way. And I think you're missing out because it's fun to get emotions (laughs) in there. But, but you, you do you. I'm a robot. (laughs) That's, that's fine. Yeah. Just, I'm going to go ahead and live in my dreams and you go ahead and stay in reality. Uh, For me, I'm going to go with the white Sox. I could go with the Blue Jays. I could go with the Yankees. Uh I could even go with the Padres, but I am going to go with the the White Sox. Uh they've had a lot of injuries, but that AL Central is supposed to be a cakewalk. And they're they're one game under 500. Uh they are I think five games back I think I mentioned earlier on the on the show but they are four and a half back in the AL Central six back in the wild card and not great um, I will say what I do really enjoy is somehow Johnny Cueto uh, has come out of nowhere um, and been like 10 years younger yeah, how, how random yeah. is that yeah, I think I tweeted out today. I said, when is somebody going to tell Johnny Cueto that it's not 2012?
0: Just beyond random. The The White Sox are a good pick. Um, the other teams you mentioned have a playoff spot. They are underperforming, especially for the standards they expected. But White Sox are under 500 in the worst division in baseball when they had high hopes. Um, and Tony La Russa is going to be fired. And guess what, Monty? Yeah. Guess what? 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 I was right again. I I, well, most, I,
2: I most people write about that. I, I,
0: I don't care about that. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, no, like like you said, everyone was. He's friends with the owner. That's why he got the job. That's the only reason why he hasn't been fired in season. He's gonna be fired in the off season where it's more graceful. But what a atrocious hire, not a fit for that team. Took a great, great roster and just fumbled
2: yeah, I believe he's on a leave of absence right now.
0: yeah, um, I, I saw he stepped away for some health health issues, and I do hope I do hope everything is okay. I think I saw that his tests were clean, which is good.
2: yeah, he should not. yeah, that was such a every that was such a ridiculous hire. And they're in trouble. They do that there is a big series this weekend that I did not highlight. It just was it would have been the fourth one if I had done four series. It's the White Sox and the Twins going head to head.
0: Big series.
2: Uh, yeah, the, the, the Twins are 67 and 62. They're ahead of the White Sox in the standings in both the division and the wild card. Uh, twins one and a half games back of the Guardians, uh, three games back in the wild card. They're currently three games ahead of the standings of the Chicago White Sox. So big series. I believe it's in Chicago. Uh, big, big series. You guys can check that one out as well. Should be a fun one. The Twins have, I think, overperformed. Again, I think that's a part of being in that uh, subpar division. And it should be, it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball.
0: It's always a fun week of baseball. We're in the best time of the year.
2: And that's why, yeah, and that's why we've shifted to talking more about baseball in general, because the Nationals have been so bad. But I don't want Nationals fans to miss out on some really fun storylines, some really fun matchups. Um, I've been doing these preview articles uh, for every, you know, it comes out every Monday and every Friday previewing the week series, um, just giving you guys an idea of what you can watch outside of the Nationals. And, you know, as great as it is to kind of check in on on Ruiz, check in on Josiah Gray, check in on uh, CJ Abrams, you're missing out. If you're just focusing on the Nats right now, because there is a lot of fun baseball. We are down the stretch. We got playoff races, award races, prospects galore. Uh, we just talked. We talked about Gunnar Henderson earlier in the show. Corbin Carroll made his debut for the Diamondbacks. There's all sorts of fun to be had as September expansion roster expansion brings up some new prospects. So, if you're a Nats fan go watch some good baseball. There's a lot of it out there that, you know, won't depress you.
0: That is the big thing because then that's the Nats are depressing, but coming into September, it's playoff time, football starting up, the weather's getting colder. You have six teams within, no, you know, six games in the AL Card, which is going to be fun. You got the main, it's just a four-team race in the NL, but, well, three-team, Atlanta's pretty high up. Philly, San Diego, Milwaukee are all neck and neck. One of them's got to give. The Mets are only three games ahead of the Braves. That's going to be a fun one. There's good baseball to have. It's happening all around. Make sure you guys tune in. The Orioles are only one and a half game back. Do they get it? You know, there's a lot of fun, fun things happening. A lot more fun than that. There's there's not much, not, not much greatness happening here.
2: Yeah, so final question. You've got to watch. You can only watch one series this weekend. Which one is it? Um, that's a
0: good question, Monty. But you know, I th- I think I'm gonna go Mariners Guardians.
2: I yeah. yeah. I like pitching and that one that one should be a fun pitching matchup. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick with the Padres and Dodgers, even though that's been a one sided affair. The atmosphere in uh it's gonna be electric. Uh oh yeah going To be a lot of fun, um, and again, I just watching Soto and, and Machado go back to back that's that's the series I'm going with. The only thing is, I don't, I'm not excited about that ESPN broadcast, but
0: <laughs> oh, not my ESPN broadcast, uh,
2: but yeah, that'll, uh, that'll be it for us today. Uh, it's it's been fun. Uh, we'll, we'll be back trying to be a little bit more, um, consistent with our uh, episode releases. Not sure if we're probably at least once back to getting once a week um i'll be here nick will nick should be here at some point uh ryan uh i'm just happy to be able to talk baseball with you all the time uh you can follow ryan at uh we are all shack on twitter who came up with that twitter handle do you remember Ah, uh, that was me wow
0: okay because it was originally i am shack but shack is omnipresent and shack is in all of us like voldemort's horcruxes. So. We are all Shaq.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and find the receipts that prove that I actually gave that to you.
0: No, that was all me. No one else.
2: <laughs> uh, you can follow me at uh, Monty2740. You can follow the main account at Half Street High Heat, and that's going to be street with just ST, not the full uh, spelled out. Um, looking forward to, uh, to watching baseball this weekend. Take it easy. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls, so that's the commentator Who has the calls this past, the wall I'll see you later